Hello and welcome back to Mind Your Business. Today, I'm excited to be bringing on Christina Owens. She's a personal branding expert, a writer, editor, and brings a wealth of experience from the areas of entrepreneurship, professional writing, content strategy, and management, business administration and management, public relations, marketing, and product development to her projects. Her expertise and exposure to a variety of industries, coupled with her superpowers of writing and marketing, and tenured experience with international business have allowed her to harness her talents of precision formatting and attention to detail to create customer success. Today, Christina will be talking to you about how to transform your resume and your cover letter to get the career of your dreams. She works with business and personal individuals. So if there's anything that you would like to know about or any questions you have, please leave those questions in the comments and we will answer those for you. Other than that, at the end, we will give you information so you can contact Christina so that she can help you. And the name of her company is called Get Help from Christy. So today we are going to welcome Christy. I'm going to bring her on right now. And... Welcome, Christy. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here today. I am excited to have you here. So how are you doing today? I'm doing really, really good. Uh, I am in central Indiana, and it is a beautiful sunny day today. Yes, it's been beautiful for the last couple of days. So I have introduced you, but again, I love for people to tell their own stories. So if you would introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Sure. Um, you know, I will tell you, I'm just going to give you kind of the career perspective because I think that's where I really want to reach your audience today. Um, I am probably an average person like that, like everyone else who went to school, tried to figure out what it is you love, what it is you can do. Uh, I'm in my early 50s. So there are a lot of things that have changed wonderfully since um, we began uh, our kind of career journey. Like back in the day, one of the statistics that I looked up today, just to kind of make sure that I was still on point in what I tell people, um, you know, back when I was kind of growing up, you still had the mindset on America that you would, you know, get your education, get a job with a good company, work there 40 years, be loyal, be rewarded, and then, you know, retire and have grandkids and yada yada from there. That just doesn't happen. By the time I graduated and really got into those um, college age years, and I'm going to say that because I wasn't in college during the college age years, um, but, you know, as I was kind of in that early career, that's when you end up just getting a job. It's whatever you can grab wherever you're at. Sometimes you like it, sometimes you don't. Um, I was particularly good at just about anything that I did. I had, you know, great kind of morals and values uh, growing up in the country. So, you know, I worked hard at whatever I did. And, but I didn't have any passion. There was no, oh my God, I want to do this forever. This is so awesome. 
And uh, so I ended up with kind of an eclectic career. Um, I worked in banking. I've worked in finance. I had my stock brokerage license. I've worked in business administration. I touched economic development for a while. I did. Um, I took time out and had a family, did the mom thing. Uh, I also did international business with my husband for 10 years. And it wasn't until kind of that late life apocalypse that I had to step back and go, what the hell do I really want out of life? And who am I? Like, what is my career identity? And especially if you're a woman or a minority out there, I get it. You totally just kind of have those moments where you're like, who am I and what am I really doing? And is my part in a career even worthwhile? Um, sometimes you feel like you're just going through the motions in life and your career is a really big part of that feeling like you're going through the motions. So I, I ended up um, by fate. Uh, I was also accomplishing a very late career bachelor's degree um, at Colorado Christian University online um, and attended a webinar on personal branding and personal branding. Let me kind of make sure I go slow here because this is where I hit my passion zone. Personal branding is the concept that you as a person are the most important product. So when you take on that perspective and looking at yourself then you really have to look at other things like the cover letter, the resume, today more especially the LinkedIn profile. Um, if you're a, a higher professional, bios, um, different content that you have on your website that reflects on you and your profession, all of that is really your marketing material. Well, I was very blessed and had a lot of marketing experience in my career writing has been my superpower forever. And it's funny, um, I never ever considered writing itself, writing, editing, anything about content, words. It was so much a part of who I was that I honestly never looked at it. I never realized that those were the projects that I really enjoyed. Those were the things that I did in different positions <clears throat> things that revolved around the content or where that little expertise of mine added value to something that the company was doing or a project I was on. I never looked at that as something that should be a primary core in my career. So I ended up kind of, again, kind of in that apocalypse mode, stepping back and taking a look at myself. And that's really where I found marketing and writing are my thing. That's what I really love. And then the timing, again, is kind of I love how God drives your fate strings. Um, I started getting, while well, I was kind of, I'd left my husband's company because of this crazy apocalypse. I was getting, finishing up my bachelor's. I had the full-time mom, full-time career. I was running the administration of the company and just had that, you know, what am I going to do? And I had actually started Get Help from Christie in 1999 um, when I left corporate to do the mom family thing. But while I was getting pregnant, I don't sit still well. 
<laughs> at the time, um, that's when I kind of was encouraged by my husband, who is the serial entrepreneur, to um, do consulting in my expertise. So I started working B2B. And essentially at that time, here we're talking about like 1999, 1998, early 2000s. Um, I primarily was helping with marketing campaigns, designing flyers, designing graphics, content. Um, but that was in the back of the day where we had a lot of mailers, a lot of flyers, a lot of different things like that. I also um, would go in and set up little administrative systems for small businesses, computer tutoring, specialized to the job, that type of stuff. Then in 2001, when I finally did get pregnant and have my daughter, that company got set on a shelf. So back to the future here to the apocalypse. Um, I, I thought, you know, that personal branding stuff made a lot of sense. And I started getting these interesting emails that came in from Monster and Career Builder, like totally random. But there were a lot of them for resume writers. And as a writer, sad to say, we used to typically look down on things like resumes, cover letters, things like that. It's like, oh, no, I don't write those things. You know, you're too good for that as a content person. But then when I, again, back to that, that um, personal branding, the concept of bringing everything that I had learned, brand, branding products, um, both nationally and internationally, the idea of taking all of that expertise and marrying it to people and then turning that into the marketing materials, which just happen to be cover letters and resumes and LinkedIn's. It just has exploded my passion beyond anything I could have ever imagined. So that whole story has kind of brought us to where we're sitting here today um, and kind of making sure that I'm trying to help people not wait until maybe that late in life to have that epiphany. Um, especially since the tactics and um, the aspects that are involved in strategy for your career are so much different than when I got started. Um, I really, there are some really key things that I think we can give people in general, um, whether they come to us and have us do their materials or whether they're trying to kind of get it together themselves. There's some key things that people just really, I find, aren't aware of out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I would totally agree with you. It's so funny because our, our paths and our journeys are similar. And I am a late in life student. I'll be finishing my bachelor's in July. And, you know, I am like the serial mind changer. <laughs> And so, you know, I it's like, okay, what do I like? What do I want to do? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And and you know how they say, um, what is it? Um, when it's the you're a jack of trades, but um, oh, you're not oh, a professional yeah. of none, or you know. And so I'm like, I'm an expert of all trades, master of none. Yeah, of yeah. none. There you go. And so I'm like, you know, I'm an expert in all things, but. I don't really know what really is my passion. And so it's so funny that you mentioned that because I love writing as well. And I, but I love talking. I do. I absolutely love talking and I love talking to people. 
And so I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you do what you love, it's not work. And exactly. so you can tell by the look on your face that you are very passionate about what you do and how you help others. And, and I think the bottom line is helping others, truthfully. I mean, it's it, it makes you feel good. But the fact that you can bring something to other people and the thing that I've learned this past year about resumes, because in one of my classes, we had to write some resumes and do some different things. And from the 90s to now, it is a lot different. The resume does not look the same. It is very much different. And so a lot of times right now, like in high school, they don't really teach those fundamentals anymore. No. And so. Students, because I was helping my daughter the other day, she just turned 16 and she's ready to find a job and she wants a resume yeah. and a cover letter. And so I was helping her out with that. And I'm like, it, it is so much different. But younger people don't get that aspect of writing anymore because everything is on a computer. There's a template for everything. Mm-hmm. But the direction sometimes is not there. And so having someone like you to be able to lead them and guide them and structure that. I think that's a great thing and it helps them to to see see it from a different perspective, especially from someone that's knowledgeable, that has the past and the present to understand how to, like you said, marry those together. So um, what year did you actually start get help with Christy? When, when did that happen? Um, I'm going to really kind of focus more on the relaunch because that's really okay. kind of when we got into the what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, so that would have been... Um, Fourth quarter 2013, <clears throat> excuse me, was when we really kind of very first started uh, putting the process together and actually interacting with clients. Um, but 2014, I would say, is when we really kind of got it down, um, really kind of understood how we could differentiate people different. And, and then things were a lot different. Um there's a couple of really key things that I want to make sure people kind of realize. One of the most frustrating things I think that revolves around resumes is there's a camp for every opinion. And unfortunately, there's also a ton of, from our perspective, when we look at results and what helps people and what's for people, there's a lot of really bad advice. Um, so I want to just throw One of the worst ones that I get, I want to throw it right out there so maybe I can help people not work quite so hard. And that is people get told often that they need a resume essentially for every lane that they're looking in. That is like horrible. The first thing that it confuses you about what you're really bringing to the table. It's the who am I confusion. You know, I will tell you, 98% of our clients are never open to one specific niche opportunity. When we do get them, typically they're very, very sciencey. But most of the time, people kind of are looking at their skill set. And it's like, well, I'm interested in this industry over here. But I'm also kind of interested in these types of jobs over here. And I find that if we really design our materials to to deliver more of the who we are and then allow the what we've done to display the who we are, then it makes you relevant in multiple directions. That's really the key. 
is, is who are you? And we use kind of that's where, and that's another topic that I know we want to talk about today is keywords. But that's really where you want to use the value of things like keywords is mm -hmm. use them to paint a picture of who you are. And then the who you are is really what helps qualify you to do what you do. Mm -hmm. And then we use the combination of the who you are and the experience you have to paint that picture to get you where you want to go. So if you really balance your materials, then it's going to be good for multiple directions. Yeah. And, you know, I so agree with you. I did a lot of sales when I was younger. And actually, I started out, I sold perfume and cologne door to door and mm -hmm. on the street. And, and it's, it's so funny because what I learned in that was it wasn't about the perfume or the cologne or what was in the bottle. It was about how I presented it. And so I always, whenever I'm coaching someone in a career and trying to find a job or find what their niche is or what they want to do, mm -hmm. it's not about what you have, what you're offering. It's about you. You have to sell yourself. You have to be someone that can engage others that they want to buy into you. And they don't want your product because they like your product. Right. They want your product because they like you. And so when that resume, I can see that when that resume explains, wow, I want to get to know more about this person mm -hmm. because what you've done and your experience, you can explain that later. But once they get a picture of, wow, this is someone that I want to work with. This is someone that I want to know more about. You know, they get an idea of who you are, how you function. And wording, again, is everything because I'll just draw back to some of the classes that I take. Some of the writing that I see like makes me cringe. I'm just like, oh, my goodness, you know, because I, I love writing as well. And I'm just like, did anybody ever teach you how to put sentences in order and proper syntax and what is going on in your grammar? Because a lot of times people write how they speak. Yes. And, and, and that can tell a lot about someone. And so being able to articulate and, and transform those words onto that paper can bring you to life and can really tell a broader picture of who you are. So that's awesome that you were able to put that together with the content and the marketing to be able to supply others with with those tools, because a lot of times we don't have those necessary tools. And I want to encourage people also, I want to kind of um, touch again on uh, some of the statistics that um, uh, touch a lot of discouragement areas. Like, obviously, I get a lot of people who um, come to us as clients and they have maybe been looking for a while. Maybe they've been throwing their resume out there and they're not getting any results. Or I get a lot of people that come to us, and this is the point I'll touch on first. A lot of people come to us and they're really, their self-confidence is really low. One of the things they really, really get worried about, especially people who are more seasoned in their profession that are closer maybe to my age, they're like, well, I've, I've, I've worked in several jobs. Um, maybe even those jobs have been in a few different industries and they're concerned that they don't look um, either they don't look loyal or they look like a job hopper is probably the number one term you typically hear people say. I look like a job hopper or I don't want to look like a job hopper. 
And um, so interestingly enough, and I know we tell people a lot, but I, I double checked my facts since we were in a podcast. Um, and and the average person today now in their lifetime has three to seven, and they lean a little closer on the seven, three to seven distinctly different careers, not jobs, careers. Mm-hmm. So don't feel bad out there. Don't be discouraged. You're just living the life that the rest of us are living. So none of that is counted against you unless that's the attitude you're carrying in. So I want to encourage you. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, The other thing was um, that some of the bigger reasons that we don't realize, but that corporate realizes in why people change jobs is the average pay raise for an employee. And this statistic has been primarily the same for a good long time now but it's 3%. So if you're loyal, if you're, you know, in that, I'm going to be here 40 years, you work for some really awesome company that's not going to go out anytime, you know, in the next century. And that's kind of your mindset. Don't expect to make a lot of money at the end of your retirement because 3% and another 3% and another 3% really doesn't add up to much. So they really see people changing jobs on average between three and five years, simply because that's the only way to really stay even in your own lane and get more money Yeah, to level up. And usually to level up, you got to go to another company. So, so again, don't feel bad if you have multiple jobs. Corporate gets that more than we do. So, and then one of the other really, really interesting thing that I saw um, from, and I I wanted to try and make sure I had the most current statistics on this part, but so this is from the 2019 Bureau of Labor Statistics. The average person in their lifetime has 12 job changes. So that's typically 12 different jobs within those seven different careers. But here's where it gets really interesting. And obviously, we're all highly aware of the racial sensitivities, the different biases, the gaps. Um, I am honestly, I want to shout out right now, just use my little plug. Get Help from Christy right now is doing our part in today's climate. We want to elevate black lives and black voices, minorities, irregardless, but those or anybody that feels oppressed, put down, not able to to really get anywhere, I want you to give us a call or, or please just send us an email because right now this is your climate to rise. If you've never had a chance to elevate yourself before, this is the time. Don't wait. So back to those statistics. Um, when you look at them by gender, so when you look at these change of jobs, when they when they pulled the data apart and they looked at it by gender, there was absolutely no difference, which I thought was really interesting because obviously we see disparities in wages, we see disparities in promotions, different things like that. But the change job perspective, 
was actually the same. So I actually was quite surprised by, by that statistic. One of the other really interesting statistics was when you break it down by kind of age and race. So they look at kind of four age categories. There's 18 to 24 in your 25 to 34, 35 to 44, and then 45 to 52. So apparently they don't count those of us over 52 any longer, which is so. It, but anyway, um, the average job changes there. Um, the person or the group that had the most on average job changes in that 18 to 24 range when we're all exploring and trying to figure it out were the white, uh, the white um, workers. And interestingly enough, in the next categories, so minorities typically held their jobs longer or were more apt to stay at a job um, than, um, than white workers. But in um, categories 25 to 34 and 35 to 44, the differences between minorities and white workers in the number of jobs that they changed was only 0.3%. Mm. And even more interesting, when you get to the 45 to 52, they were actually the same. So it was kind of interesting that, you know, when we all start out and you always, you know, I'm one of those people that's always curious about motivators. And this is purely speculation in my opinion. But I often wonder when I look at statistics like this, okay, so 18 to, to 24, I'm still going to think primarily in my head of, of white males, um, even though obviously those statistics do include white females as well. But I wonder if by race there's some type of more like they feel like it's not as a big a deal to just leave a job where I think minorities and again this is purely my 100% my opinion no database nothing but I do see kind of in general like back from my HR perspective I do see minorities have a contrary to public opinion, a higher work ethic to where they will try harder, work longer, um, really, really, you know, stay in there when bosses and climates are toxic. Hmm. Hang out longer than... Let me, let me, oh my God, I'm so... That's why I love this platform. <laughs> we can talk about things that people don't touch on. And this is a conversation that my husband and I have had a lot. And the reason that is, it's like we do work harder. As a minority female and my husband's minority male, we do work harder. We do stay longer. We do put up with toxic things because when you're younger, you're told, in your family, you need to get a job, get a job, get a job, get a job. Where I believe in in the Caucasian household, they're groomed another way. They're they're told that they can do other things and that they don't have to just get a job and they can run businesses and they can do these things because I'm going to share this with you. I told my grandfather when I was a, a young girl that I'm going to run my own business. And he told me 
and and this is where I promise you, I believe that it is systematic racism because he told me, you are never going to have your own business because you will always have to work for a white man. He didn't say female. Right. Man, he said they will always be over you. And I just was like, why would you, why would that be the case? Nobody should be over you, but God. And I've always right. felt that way. But that's but, the climate that yeah, he but he was raised where he only had an eighth grade education, but he did work in a factory. Mm-hmm. He ran a pool hall. I mean, yeah. he did these things. And and you know, and my perspective on that was like, well, I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna be the one that sets the tone and says, No, we're not we're not gonna have that. But what I find out is when I do go to a job, I can be the smartest one there, the only one that is looking like me, but the smartest one there the hardest worker there doing more work than anyone else. But I don't get the promotion. I don't get the raises. I get overlooked and I get told that I need to work harder. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in my mind, I'm like, why do I need to work harder to produce what comes effortlessly, truthfully, but when other people are doing whatever and getting away with it, and then, like you said, they up and leave. <clears throat> My husband was at his job for 17 years, mm-hmm. 17 years. And in the time that he was there, they changed 20 managers. And one time they gave him the, the store management position. And he stepped out of it because one, everybody loved him and everybody loved his work ethic. And he worked harder than anybody there. But once he became the manager, mm-hmm. things changed. Things changed and it was hard for him. It was hard. The things that he had to hear, the things that he had to go through, the things that was written on his van when he would get to work in the morning. Mm. And, you know, it's like, seriously, why do you have to go through that? Because at the end of the day, we all want the same thing, you know, exactly. but it's, it's, sometimes it's a mindset. And sometimes it's what we've been taught. And when you learn that you don't have to go along with that, you can do something different. And that's what I loved about it. When I talked to you and we met and we were talking about these different things, you get it. You you actually, you you get it. And you understand what that looks like. And you're not afraid to say what it looks like. And people know the truth. The, the bosses that are over you, they know the truth because you are a hard worker. Why would they promote you? To hire five people that can do what your one self can do. They're not going to do that. Oh, right. And so I I thank you so much for bringing that up, for drawing that to our attention. And the thing is, what I was going to say is when most minorities get a job, they are thankful. They show gratitude and they loyal and they feel like jobs are hard to come by. So as long as I've got a job, I'm going to keep that job and I'm going to work that job and I'm going to do my best. So that way I don't get fired or I don't lose my job. And what happens is if they do lose their job, it's devastating. It is devastating. Yeah. Um, I, I will tell you, it's one of the biggest things that or biggest enjoyments, I think, from doing what we do is the ability to build that confidence back into people to remind people that each and every one of us has been, you know, perfectly made and for a a specific um, direction. 
And I think the real challenge is, you know, with the myriad of systemic issues, um, you know, that we deal with, it is, we're not taught, we're not encouraged. Um, and, and honestly, some of that I see doesn't even matter your economic level or geographic location. Um, we don't know how to realize what we're hardwired so that we can then go achieve the freedom of being who we are. Like I just, and even still today, like I don't see that in the school system. And, and that's more reason why personal branding, I think, I think is really for me getting to be getting ready to be a big soapbox um, yeah. because we all have superpowers and um, there's an exercise that I use. Uh, so like when a client comes on, I do a one hour meeting with a client, which is kind of, that's the one hour that we're really kind of getting to know who they are over the data that we collect. And there's a really fun little branding exercise that I use uh, at the end of the meeting, which for me is helping me really kind of deeper get to know them, but it's also kind of a twisty little fun because it's making them Think about things that they typically wouldn't think about, but the exercise is super short. And one of the things um, that they focus on in this exercise is your superpowers. And I love the way the guy that, that developed the exercise says in the paragraph where I describe it to the client that most of us discount these superpowers because they just come so easily to us. And this is something I say, so I'm going to, everybody, I want you to sit and just think about this. So we all have superpowers. We all know we have strengths. We have things that we're really good at. We have things that we love to do. But here's the difference between a strength and a superpower. So when you think of a superpower, what are some of the things that come so easily to you it's almost like breathing. But if you look at somebody else trying to do the same thing and they're struggling, it's almost hard to understand why they're struggling. Yes. So it's those little things that you get annoyed at because you're like, why don't you know how to do that? Why don't you get that? You know, when you feel that you're getting that attitude because somebody you need to step back and go, ooh, is that something that I am like really good at? Do I need to pay attention to that within myself? Ooh, is that something I can develop? Because typically you're going to find, and they're not the things that people think of. Let me bring this up just a little bit in the superpower zone. Let me give you guys some of the common things that we identify in people's superpower zone. So like one of the really common ones is problem solving. Some people are major problem solvers. Like they live, they love, they thrive in coming up with solutions. And some people know they're good problem solvers. And then some people, you know, can kind of realize, okay, yeah, that's a superpower of mine. One of the sneaky things that I typically find lives in your superpower box if you know you are a problem solver and it's analysis. What I find often is the analysis is happening so fast. 
It's like your rapid fire analysis and then boom, you're already at the solution. So you don't even realize that you have that analysis superpower. So that's like two of what probably the most common. One of the other interesting one is relational. There are relational people and there are people who are not. And those people who are very relational, engagement is like the new super fancy buzzword for the relational zone. And engagement is actually kind of a notch above relational. If you're relational, you get to know your people or the people you work with or, you know, the people in your core groups. And um, it's you build that rapport. If you are an engagement champion, like if engagement is really your superpower, well, guess what? You're that person that knows Johnny and Susie play softball on Tuesdays and Betty Sue, you know, has high blood pressure and you're wondering how she's doing. And hey, you know, we thought about getting together and going to the movies. You guys want to join along? Those are the engagement people. Those are those people that are getting a little insane about really wanting to know. And they care. It's genuine. It's authentic. But that's their superpower. It's engagement. Um, and then there's other things like influence. Some people are influencers. Um, and they have to be careful because it can be positive or negative. Um, organization also can be a superpower. A lot of people are just, you know, really detail-oriented um, time management kind of factors into that organizational. Um, we don't typically set that apart. So if you're that time management whiz, organization is really one of your superpowers. Um, but it's the different things. Oh, a new super buzzy one in the relational zone. Um, pay attention, everybody out there, because this is becoming a really interesting subject, especially if you're in management of any kind, and it's emotional intelligence. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> when you're that person who is just really good at reading the other person you're talking to, like you always hear those people, oh, I'm so good at reading people. That's emotional intelligence. So that's your superpower. And if you just... Google or Bing or in LinkedIn, wherever you do your little quick searches, there's a lot of really great short articles as well as, of course, books and other things that are written on it. But it's something that they're looking for in management. Um, so your communication skills are really important. And sometimes communication is also a superpower. But so think about those um, and then look and see how they fit in your career. Yeah, you are amazing because, you know, it, it's so great when you talk to someone that can just wrap things up in a nice little package and present it to you and you open the box and it's everything you've been wanting. You know, that is a gift that keeps on giving. And today you have filled us up so much. with some great information, some great gifts, some great nuggets that we can Take along with us. Don't just put in our pocket, but take along right. with us because I know that most of those superpowers that you talked about, it's really crazy, but I have most of them. <laughs> and 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 I and I say that because it's true. And I know that about myself, and not because I just think that of myself, because I don't think higher of myself, but I know 
what is expected out of me. And sometimes it's tough because I'm like, are you kidding me? Why don't you know how to do that? It's not that hard. It's very simple. And so many times I've had people say to me, well, everybody's not where you are. And I'm like, where am I? I'm right here. But the difference is, and I'm like, I, I didn't read any books to find this out. I didn't, you know, but if it's in you, that is what you are. And you're capable of bringing that out and helping others with that. And so, like you said, if if it starts to annoy you, because I, I would go insane, like, seriously, why can't you figure that out? I'm not that smart, but it's not about being smart. Right. It's about what you are good at and what drives you. And some of us have those abilities. Others have different abilities, but we all have an ability. We God just have to be able to hold in on it. And again, we have to be encouraged. You know, sometimes I really believe that when God puts me in front of people, I'm like, okay, God, why do you do this to me? Because they they think that I'm crazy because they don't believe that you've put me before them. And he does that. He puts me before people. And then it's like, okay, I need you to focus on this. And And I'm like, why do I care about this more than what you care about it? And then they think that I'm some kind of weird freak or something. But I'm like, no, because, again, I I know the influencers. I know the ones that can influence others. And I know the ones that have that emotional intelligence. And I can see these things. And I'm like, why can't you see that? And I want to work with you to show you how to pull that energy out of you so that you can pass that on. And then it it becomes too much because I'm so excited about it. I'm like, I'm so excited because I want to show you that you've got the power of you and you can do this. And then that can drive people away. So I I appreciate the fact that there's someone like you that can put that all into perspective. Because, see, I'm just happy. I'm so happy. And I just want to just pour it on you. Let's just pour it on you. Let's just give you everything you need. You know, like my kids, I tell them, I'm like, life is a test. And I've got the answers. I just want to give you the answers. But sometimes they want to just do it themselves. And and, and I'm like, but you don't have to. Let Let me show you. But, see, then when I know that there's experts out there that actually have that ability to put it in perspective and not just pour it on top of people, but take those steps to guide them there. That's how I can guide them over and say, Hey, I know someone cause I can coach you. I can help you get your mindset and I can help you with all that. But sometimes I can be too much. I know that about myself, but it's only because I care and I'm right. passionate about right. helping other people live their full ability. But that's the thing about networking and resources. I can't do it all. And I'm not going to lie and think that I can. So I reach out and look to resourceful people that are experts in what they do. So we can pass you along and say, hey, this person can help you get that thing in order. I could do it, but I'm not the expert. This person is the expert. Okay. See, and again, that's why I love working at home, because when your kid just decides to pop up in the video and, and start singing songs, it's okay. But I thank you for sharing this information with us today. I thank you for bringing your passion to the forefront and letting other people see that whatever they've been thinking, they're not wrong in thinking that. They just have to have the right guidance, the right encouragement, the right people that are motivating them, that's coaching them, guiding them. And we all need that. We need accountability partners. We need support teams. We need people as a team working together to help us enhance one another. 
so that we can be the best in whatever it is that we do. So congratulations on you having that epiphany and saying, hey, I'm going to do something that drives me. But truthfully, it's not even about you. It's what you're doing for others. So that's what it's all about. Thanks. Well, I would love to leave everybody today with um, one more bit of encouragement in the big picture. Um, Even before this, well, let me kind of say this in two parts. So before this whole pandemic craziness hit, um, I've been, uh, so we've been doing the personal branding like really solid for six years now. And I'm in and out of LinkedIn like most of the day. So I'm between that and our clients, I'm, I catch trends and kind of shifts that are going out there in the career world, if you will. And one of the things that started about two years ago that I really started noticing, and it started in manufacturing, but it's now kind of bled out through all of the other industries. I am seeing a really, really wonderful management shift out there. There is a wonderful shift from the 90s, even into the early 2000s, where your bosses and your managers didn't want to train you fully because they were too afraid you were going to take their job. I will tell you that is changing and it's radically happening fast. I'm really excited about this movement. Um, They are now seeking. So if you're a manager, if you're a supervisor, a senior leader, listen up. This is what they're looking for. They're looking for people who are servant leaders, people who lead by elevating others. They are looking for people who are leadership developers, those who recognize leadership abilities in others and grow them and encourage you to them. They are looking for people who have the personality type of coaching and mentoring. Those are some of the biggest changes I've seen out there. And, you know, change starts at the top, people. So if your leaders and your managers are not getting with it, then the company is not with it. Um, And so I just really want to encourage people. So in those opportunities, make sure that you're when you're interviewing the companies, ask them about their leaders. Say, do you go what leadership style do you guys use? Are your leaders servant leaders? Do you coach and mentor your employees? How is your leadership development programs? Throw some stuff at them for a change. And then also, one of the really great things I'm excited about telling everyone since the pandemic, and of course, you know, we had the racial pandemic essentially kind of explode about the same time. Very needed, very necessary. I really hate the way it happened, but I'm super stoked about the momentum. And I am excited to tell everyone I am seeing an HR revolution happening. And praise God, diversity and inclusion is finally getting the focus that it needs. And and that for, excuse me, and I'm so sorry if I offend you, sorry. If you're white, do not say that they're hiring people or they hired somebody in that position just because they're black or just because they're a minority, because you're stupid and it's not true. 
what they're doing is they're taking the blinders off. And so what they're trying to make sure is that they are looking equally at the talented minorities with just the same weight, which is not what they used to do, as the white applicants. So hallelujah, we are seeing some small incremental um, improvements on on diversity hiring and on getting some balanced um, information into um, HR. So I just want to encourage everybody there again, if you're a minority, if you're a woman, if you feel like you've been held down, take a deep breath. This is the time to rise. And hopefully if you keep listening to uh, this show and you keep following her, you are going to have so many more tips to improve your life, improve your mind, and improve your career. And I just really want to tell everybody, look up. Amen. There you have it today. Get help with from Christy. I'm telling you, she's got great information. She is an encourager. She is an elevator. And so it's time to rise, people. That's what this platform is all about. We have exactly. a voice and we have a time. And if you've ever felt like you were left behind or you were ahead of your time and you were passed over, now exactly. is the time. Step up. Step up. Stand up. Pick up your mat. Walk. That's right. Walk in your car. Do what you were pursuing. Thank you, Christy, for showing up today. Thank you for bringing all this wonderful information. Don't ever be apologetic on this platform because this platform is your time to say what you need to say. Thank it's you. Not a, it's not a place for it's not. It's a place exactly. where we can understand one another, a place where we can see different perspectives and where we're coming from. And it's about understanding. And that's the relational. That's how we connect. That's how we network. That's how we rise. So I thank exactly. you. I thank, thank you, you so much. Want to come back and share some information? We won't bring your husband next time because we need to. We need to find out some stuff from him because he, he's done some stuff and, and, and the world needs to know what he's got going on, too. So thank um, you. And hang out with me for just everybody. For joining in to, um, I hope you learned some good information. If you weren't able to watch this live, it will be on a replay broadcasting on Facebook and YouTube and your full mind life. So go out there get the information seek and you shall find knock and the door will be open to you and never Amen. ever forget that you work with a yes okay so i have got to and i might not because we're still live so that that was some really good information I, I thank you so much thanks i really thank, thank you, so you. Much. it was my pleasure okay I'm